Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi-straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, demisexuality. Sounds Sounds fake, fake, but but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. Macaroni. Okay. Okay. That's bold. Is it? Um. No, I kind of want some now. Um. Me too. I'm hungry. <laughs> Good. Uh. I hope everyone enjoyed our episode last week with Yasmin. Yeah. People seem to have liked it. I had a good time. Good time. Welcome um, to anyone. Ed- editing it was not a good time. <laughs> no. It was still a good time. You, someone did tweet asking how hard it was. And I answered it, it for you and said, based rough. on the texts I got, it was the worst. It was the worst. But we did it. But it's worth it. Are. Here we are. Absolutely. Um, Kayla, what are we talking about today? This week, it's all me, baby. Yep. Uh, baby. So you should probably just leave the call and okay. I'll, I'll do this one. Bye. Just kidding. Please don't. Um, this week, we're talking about demisexuality. That's true. Yeah. So it's not going to be, because I had to do all the planning for this one, obviously. What a turn of events. <laughs> I know. It's a lot different from what we usually do. It's obviously, it's, well, it may not obviously, whatever. It's not going to be as in-depth as our, like, what is asexuality episode, because okay. I feel like, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for it to be, because a lot, it would be a lot of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be as in-depth. It's also going to be more, I guess, drawing from my personal experiences because I feel like some and I like some of the stuff, like as I go through the journey of me realizing I was Demi and then coming out or whatever, I think it brings up some interesting points. So. Mm-hmm. And yes. this this topic has been requested a couple times and we've been like, well, we have talked about it a little bit, but we've never dedicated a full episode to it. Yeah. So we were like, now's the time. That was me slamming my fist on my desk, oh. just so you know. Yeah. It's definitely, I don't know. It's kind of weird because, like, if you've been listening to the podcast from the beginning or you went back and listened, I think you would have heard a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about just through different episodes. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just putting it all in one, I guess. It's all in one place for y'all. Yeah. I so yawned I, while I was saying that, so I think I might have said it very strange. I couldn't tell, but it was... Hmm, that's exciting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess if you think you might be Demi or you, like, want to explain to someone what being Demi is like, um, I guess you could have them listen to this. I just really... I really don't think it's going to be as good as the What is Asexuality episode, but... Don't, don't set yourself up for failure, Kayla. <laughs> it's just... It's a different... It's... That one was, like, the most official episode we've ever done, and this is not going to be that. That's okay. I mean, you're still just explaining your experience. True. We're here to educate humans. Here we are. Uh, and my cat is being obnoxious as usual, so sorry. Cool. <laughs> All right. Sarah, do you know what demisexuality is? I do, but some of our listeners might not. Okay. Is this whole episode going to be just me talking? (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens a a lot of the time just with me talking and then you just being like, oh, well. That's not true. I'm going to say some stuff now. No, that's true. You You do respond. It might just be you talking. I'll just be the commentary. Okay. So demisexuality is when you are not sexually attracted to someone until you feel romantically attracted or attached to them. So understanding demisexuality without understanding asexuality is kind of hard, I think, because mm-hmm. understanding demisexuality comes with kind of the necessity of understanding the split model of attraction. Right. So I don't want to go too fully into the split model of attraction because we've covered that a lot in other episodes, but I think basically the important part for demisexuality is that you're being sexually attracted to someone and being romantically attracted to someone are two separate feelings or attractions, and for many people, they may seem like the same because for many people, they might be sexually and romantically attracted to the same people or the same gender, 
so it doesn't really like feel different. You might not be able to parse them apart. Like for Sarah, she's both aromantic and asexual. So I know you've talked that about like out. they sound like they feel the same to you and you have trouble yeah. like pulling them apart. Yeah. So for, um, oh my God, no one asked you. I think my cat's trying to come out. Billy has things to say I on the topic. She's of coming out as Demi, which is fun. Oh, good for her. So, yeah, demisexuality basically necessitates that. I mean, there are both, but it necessitates understanding that there are both. So, personally, for me, I am heteroromantic and demisexual. So, that means I am romantically attracted to men, which means basically I'm, it's only possible for me to be sexually attracted to men because I have to be romantically attracted to the person first. It's like a nice transitive property. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Well, because if, so like if you are Demi, that is your sexuality. Like you may be a homoromantic or heteroromantic, but that doesn't make you homosexual mm-hmm. if you're Demi. So it's, it can be a little confusing to people because it's like, well, like Kayla might be heteroromantic and demisexual, but doesn't that make her heterosexual? But no, it doesn't. It's just a whole transitive property situation. Yeah. And it is like, I know like at the top of every show I say like I'm a demi straight girl, which mm-hmm. I get it like obviously kind of confuses that. But mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I do consider myself straight because... Because that's your romantic orientation. Because that's my romantic orientation, and so that's going to then be anyone I'm sexually attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to know that even if I'm saying, like, if I tell people I'm straight, it's important to know that, like, it is two separate things, your romantic and sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. So um, before I dive into kind of going through my whole thing piece by piece and then pointing things out that I think are interesting – um, I would like to do a section on what demisexuality is not. Um, Hit me with it. Because we did this section like in the asexuality episode of things not to say or things it is not. So I guess this is kind of that in one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of times, the majority of the times if I tell someone I'm demisexual and they're not like familiar with what it is um, and I explain it, the thing is just like, oh, well, that's just what being a good person is, or that's just what, like, everyone is supposed to do. Like, that's not Ooh. actually an orientation. Yeah. I Incorrect. hear that. <laughs> yeah. I hear that, like, basically every time I tell anyone that isn't familiar with it. And it's a hard mm. thing to explain to people, especially if they aren't already familiar with asexuality, because... It's it's I do think it is very nuanced between like how you're you feel and how you're attracted and the actions you choose to take. And we talk about with this mm-hmm. with asexuality too versus like celibacy is even if you are asexual you can choose to have sex. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean, you know, that you're not asexual and being celibate doesn't necessarily mean you're asexual. You're just choosing to have that action. Like even if you are asexual, you have the physical capability to choose to do that action. It's like shaking someone's hand. Yeah. So, I mean, for demisexuality, it's the same. A lot of people say, like, oh, you're just doing the right thing of, like, going on so many dates with someone before you sleep with them or, like, waiting till marriage or whatever, whoever is doing. But it's hard to explain to people that there's a difference between someone either morally or just because that's what they're most comfortable with. There's a difference between, like, I'm going to wait until the third date till I sleep with someone and it's different from me saying, like, I don't want to sleep with someone. I'm not sexually attracted to them until we get to a certain point in our romantic relationship. Like, like I'm not even interested until you get to a certain point. Rather than some people, it's like, they may be interested from the start, but they may be like, okay, for the sake of this relationship, I want to take it slower. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I like to know a person a little bit better before I actually have sex with them. But this is a situation of, like... I'm not even interested in having sex with you until you get to a certain point in the relationship. Yeah. Which is hard. I wish I could say, like, here's how you know it's different. Because I can imagine there's maybe some people listening to this and they're like, am I Demi? Am I not? And, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard for me to say because I've never not been Demi, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when you say things like, oh, it's just like I want to know someone better until until I have sex with someone. It's like, yeah, I feel that way too. So am I not Demi? But like, 
I don't know. It's a very nuanced thing. It is. And and whatever whatever identity or label a person chooses to use is up to them. And so you may look at a person and be like, I think you're Demi. But if they don't want to use that label, then they don't have to. Right. And as we go through my journey, we'll talk about that more. Um, Lit. So let's start. So I think it just makes more sense to me to talk about these things in my experience and then kind of relate it to demisexuality in general. Can I say one more thing before you do that? I suppose. Um, <laughs> I also... When you were saying earlier about how a lot of people react to learning about demisexuality being like, well, that's just like what good people do. Just like a reminder to all of our listeners (sighs) that there is no moral connection to having sex. Well, I would say there's no inherent moral connection. Yes. That is what I was trying to say. Because I started to say it and then I was like, but some people believe. Some people, and that's fine, but it's not inherent. Yeah. It's not inherent and... You are not a good or bad person because of when you do or don't have sex with people. So right. just wanted to remind you yeah. all of that. There are kind of like two bad things lumped into that statement of saying, yeah. I'm a good person for doing that. And if I didn't do it, I would be bad. So it's like insulting two whole sections of people all at once. Yep. Which is fun. All right. Now let's talk about me. So yes. <laughs> um, my first like run-in with demisexuality that I remember was probably freshman year and uh, a friend who we were in a theater group with mentioned college college yes freshman year of college a friend in our theater group mentioned that I think we were talking about sexuality or something I don't know everyone in that group is very gay but I think she was talking (laughs) about being bi and also that she thought she was demi and either because of how she worded it or just how I was interpreting what she was saying especially since I had never really heard of demisexuality that much before i took it to mean only bisexual people could be demi Hmm. so interesting yeah i don't know why that was in my head of like Mm -hmm. like i mean i was like okay so whoever you're romantically attracted to then you would be sexually attracted to them but like but the romantic orientation is very fluid i don't know what i was thinking so i don't either i guess just a (laughs) note for that one if anyone also thought that for some stupid reason um it's not i don't know why i thought that but you're doing your best <laughs> i was doing my best i was a child what am i to say you were 18 years old which I is was. basically three yeah i mean if you really think about it yeah okay so the next point of interest so we started the podcast and i think just like as we were talking about the podcast as we started doing it i came to know more about demisexuality just because it's obviously under the umbrella of what we were talking about and Mm -hmm. very early on i think it was even in episode one when we were listening back which surprised me i didn't realize it was that soon it was either one or two yeah i remember us listening back to it we were like reacting to it for an episode and i was like oh my god why how did i already say that like I don't remember it coming on must, that fast. Must have been one then, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Either um, way, very early. Yeah, and I didn't realize it was that early. But I started thinking like, oh, I might be Demi, just kind of like thinking about things in my life of like how the relationship I was in at the time had gone, like how previous relationships or like almost relationships, whatever, had gone and just like Qu- life experiences. Yes. for you. Mm-hmm. When did you realize that Demi was not just a bi thing? Like, I don't where did know. you clear that up? Just I, somewhere along the line? I guess. Or I think maybe like I had even forgotten that that situation had happened and then you like retaught mm. me what it was. Okay. And then it was only until later that I like connected the dots of like, oh, that person also mentioned demisexuality and I thought this for some okay. reason. Yeah. Um. All right. Because I think I must have thought <laughs> that curious. and put it out of my mind because I was like, well, that doesn't, like, affect me. I'm not bi, so I'm not going to, like, spend a lot of time thinking about it for myself. Yeah, it was like that one time when I was, like, 15 or 16 where I was like, maybe I'm Demi. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, I'm guessing that, like, you or through the process of, like, putting the podcast together that, like, I was re-educated yeah. about what it was. Okay. Um, But basically, I started to, like – kind of think on my life and I was like yeah I've never like really had an urge to have sex with anyone like ever (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> um, well, I guess, I don't know. Anyway. Or, like, I don't know. I think we've talked about, like, in before in episodes, like, signs of when we thought we were Ace or Demi and thinking about it. Like, I never really had celebrity crushes. And, like, even as a kid, I didn't have that many crushes or anything like that. Which does mm-hmm. more go towards the romantic side, but yeah, um, was still somewhat telling to me. Yeah. Um, but at the time of when we started the podcast, when I started thinking that, I was in the middle of a long-term relationship. And at the point of where I was in the relationship, whether I was Demi or not, was, uh, for all intents and purposes for that relationship, a moot point. Um, yeah. I had already had sex, is what I'm saying to you. Yes. And you had been in that relationship for a while. Yeah. So. The sexual attraction had already been there for however long. I don't remember how long I had been dating that person. But, like, it didn't – I don't want to say it didn't matter anymore. And I guess this brings up another interesting point of something that I do think about continually is, for me, that if I'm actively dating or, like, like, you know, not, like, dating monogamously – whatever Mm -hmm. or i'm like in the process of trying to like find someone to date or whatever that my sexuality feels a lot more relevant and it feels like more of my identity but Mm -hmm. that once i start dating someone i get past the hump of like becoming sexually attracted to them that Mm -hmm. it does kind of almost lose relevancy Mm -hmm. which i don't know is an interesting thing to grapple with i think especially with this podcast of like Mm-hmm. obviously it's still part of my identity we talk about the stuff at like every week but mm-hmm. it doesn't affect my day-to-day life which almost makes me feel guilty mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i mean i i know a person who also identifies as i believe heterosexual no had demi whoa fuck what <gasps> heteroromantic demisexual and they've been in the same committed relationship for years, mm-hmm. um, like, since high school. Like, this person's, like, around my age. And so sometimes I will just forget that this person is Demi until it kind of comes up in whatever context it might come up in. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this person figured out I'm pretty sure what happened. I don't want to speak for this person. I don't know for sure. But, like, I'm pretty sure they kind of figured out they were Demi after they started dating this person, which is actually really interesting Mm -hmm. um, to be able to look at it in hindsight and be able to, like, figure that out. Just because, as you say, like, it kind of, at least for you, feels less relevant once you're already, you know, with someone because you're already at that point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's maybe, and obviously I'm not bi, so I wouldn't know, but, like, I know, like, people that are stupid often will be like, oh, well, if you're a bi woman and you're dating a man, then you're, like, basically straight. Or Untrue. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But I can see how it's maybe a similar situation of, like, okay, that part of your sexuality is, like, kind of drifts away or, like, isn't as relevant. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. That's something... I think I struggle with, especially, and we'll getting get into this more later, of just, like, feeling like I'm part of a community is, like, mm-hmm. it's not something I think about often or as often. Like, I thought about it a lot more when I was, like, actively trying to find someone to date or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's something that came up a lot more and impacted me a lot more than it does now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's not necessarily the same as my situation because – Obviously, we have very different (laughs) identities, (laughs) but um, I think it is kind of similar to me in the fact that, like, my arrow identity has more impact on my life than my ace identity, just Mm -hmm. because that's the way it is. I I don't date and I don't have sex, but I'm not the kind of person who would, like, go out and have sex if I wasn't dating someone, probably, anyway. So, like, they, they both apply to me at all times, but the arrow one feels more prevalent, I guess, in my life. And it would make sense that if you're in a relationship with someone, the deminess might feel less prevalent once you're past the point of being interested in sexing them, as they say. They do say that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is a continuous theme that comes up through what I'll be talking about of just feeling like I'm not as demi as other people, which is nothing, but is how it feels, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Just that, like, I'm affected by my sexuality 
less than others. So put a pin in that. We'll come back to her. Pin is in that. So I then broke up with that person. (laughs) You may remember it from episode mm, nine or something where I was very sad. Oh, so early. It was one of those early ones. You may remember (laughs) if you've listened to them all. Um, After that, I started like casually dating, um, flirtationship. I don't know, with Ooh, a person. Flirtationship. Yes. Um, so that happened for, I don't know, a couple months, whatever. It was a couple months. Yeah. And I remembered, I remember I like tried. So I was really also struggling with my identity at that point because I wasn't in a long-term relationship. So my sexuality felt a lot more relevant, but I still didn't want to identify. I still wasn't like comfortable with that label because I was still grappling with like well am I actually demi like am I just more comfortable doing this is it my like anxiety that's coming into it so I was kind of really struggling with that I remember trying to like DTR with this person and they were like I don't want a committed relationship I just want to like be doing casually what we've been doing just like hanging out whatever and I was like yeah that's totally fine I'm so chill I'm a very chill person and then like a week later I was like I am the least chill person on earth I am very upset DTRing for those of us who haven't been around a super long time is defining the relationship yes we used to use that term a lot but we haven't recently yeah um so I guess I did successfully DTR just wasn't the answer I wanted yeah Um, (laughs) so that was upsetting but like in the end did push me to realize that that was my sexuality that I was Demi which was still difficult yes I was gonna say I remember that happening and you were like I'm totally fine with that I'm chill and I was like she is not Not fine with that and then like like a week later you were like I'm not fine with it see here's the theme that comes up because you also said before that you like thought I was Demi before I did yeah why don't you just tell me how I'm feeling and then I won't have to wait. Like, well, it seems like you know before I do. It's yeah, but think of how simple that. it would be if you could just tell me. You would not have taken it well necessarily. Probably like, not. If I just walk. Would like with you, okay. If I were to walk up to you and be like, "Here's a fact about yourself," and you hadn't come to that conclusion yet yourself, you would reject it completely. Yeah, but think of because of who you are as a person. Whoa, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> No, I'm just saying that, like, this is true for most people, I think. You need to come to the conclusion yourself. Like, if someone just tells you something about yourself, you're not going to be like, hmm, maybe. Like, you're going to be like, like, what the, who are you, you know? That's fair. Anyway, I do remember there was one time I was in the car driving. Well, I wasn't driving, but my family's driving somewhere. I was texting Sarah, and I was like, I don't want to be Demi. This fucking sucks. Like, I just want to be able to date, like, a quote-unquote normal person, like, I was very upset that I didn't feel able to casually date this person. And I was also in the car with my family when this happened. Oh, cute. <laughs> um, Just FYI. And, I mean, it really was a case of, like, I really wasn't able to do it. Like, it was upsetting to me. It was confusing to me. I also, backtracking a bit, a lot of, like... I think what was hard for me is identifying as Demi is for a long time, my mental illness, my anxiety was like very enwrapped, enrobed, whatever, um, in my sexuality. So like every time I would be in a situation with this person where I was like, we're hanging out alone. Like what if all of a sudden he's like, it's time for sex. And then I say no. And then it's really weird. And like, I don't know what this person is expecting from this relationship. Like I'm uncomfortable and I would get so anxious. I would vomit. Quote, it's time for sex. Yes. Unquote. So it was also really hard because I was like, I don't know if I'm actually Demi or if I'm just like very anxious in these situations mm-hmm. or if it's both. Spoiler alert, I'm sure it was both. Like, it was both. It was me being Demi and not understanding how to take care of myself as a Demi person. Or yes, like, that's exactly what it was. Or like, communicate to people, hey, I'm Demi. This is like, I wasn't able to set expectations myself. I was just, like, waiting for someone else to tell me their expectations. Yeah. Don't do that. Like. Yeah. But, I mean, it can be hard, especially if you haven't fully accepted what your own expectations are. No, (laughs) yeah. It was definitely. So, it was very hard. But eventually, I told the person, I was like, goodbye. There was, I think I was, like, at a party and I was drunk. And I was like, I'm Demi. And I was, like, very upset with this person. They were like, what? Um, Anyway. (laughs) 
And then I had to keep interacting with that person because I worked with them. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, also, FYI, when Kayla texted me, she was like, I didn't want to be Demi, like, blah, blah. I was displeased with her. I yelled at her gently. Well, you were, yes, you were displeased correctly. It's not like you were an asshole. You were just like, let me mother you through this. <laughs> yes. Like, maybe you should not say that you just hate this aspect of yourself. <laughs> yes. But you did it, I don't know, you didn't do it in a forceful way of like, oh, well, why don't you? You should, like, you were very understanding, which I think is a good point of like, if you're friends with someone who's questioning or like unsure and like, you're someone who is secure in your sexuality, don't just assume that that person can, like, get there right away. Like, Yeah, and I th- I think a good way to do it is, I think this is kind of what I did, although I didn't have the framework that I have now, but, like, the way I think about it now is, like, if your friend, and this applies to just anything, really, um, is if your friend is saying, like, stuff about themselves, about how they don't like certain things turn it around on them and be like okay would you say that to me like mm-hmm. i like i would never say that to my friend i like you're that's my friend kayla why are you telling my friend kayla that yeah so that's a good way to think of it and i think it's kind of what i did probably you do say that yeah. often yeah bitch uh, that's my friend kayla don't say mean things to my friend kayla don't say mean things to me i'm watching you you know I'm who you are you <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that happened i like at that point was like fully like i'm definitely demi i think i had maybe loosely started using the label before then but at that point i was like okay like this is this is how it is and i'm like learning to be like chill with that mm-hmm. um so sometime past i started dating again i got on dating apps because that was something all i'm saying is good at I have a very high accuracy rate. You have a you have a high you have a high um success I am, rate. I have been on dates from dating apps with three separate people. Two of them turned into long-term relationships. Is yeah. all I'm saying is that I'm great at it. The second one was My st- si- my sister has a really similar record. Wow. I mean not saying that all of those relationships were amazing, but anyway, so I got back on the apps. Uh in my bio For some reason, I decided, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, like, say openly my bio, like, I'm Demi. I kind of expected some backlash. We talked about this in the last episode, actually. I almost wanted it because I was like, this is good content, which is really shitty of me. But, like, it's me. I can do it to myself. It's fine. Don't. And I was like, Kayla, Kayla, no. And you were like, but the content. (laughs) I am nothing but a content whore. Um, but everyone was really good about it. Like a lot of people, I obviously had to like explain what it was. And then they were like, oh, chill, cool. Which was surprising. I was on Tinder, which is surprising for Tinder, especially because like, I think it's often seen as a hookup app. Mm -hmm. Um, can I completely unrelated? I would love that. I was, I was in a job interview recently. (laughs) I was in a job interview recently. Um, and the, the person interviewing me was talking about, um how like they have a lunch break where like the office is closed during that time so you can kind of you know do whatever she was like yeah some people like hook up with friends and i was like you see here's the generational difference i understand what you mean but that is not <laughs> there was how i would define a, hooking up <laughs> a similar thing at work where this woman who is like I don't know, in her 40s or whatever, was talking about her girlfriends. She just meant her mm-hmm. friends. But then someone else yeah. in the office was like, oh, my God, I didn't know she was gay. That's so exciting. And I was like, no, 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 no. She has a husband. She's just using that word like an older person. That's just a word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just use that word differently. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, continue. Thank you. So at that point, I successfully I successfully caught another one on Tinder. I did it to him everyone you gotta do it to him did you know i had to do it to him um (laughs) what was interesting about that and something that like it was very surprising to me that i was like struggling with and was like surprised by um because i had a podcast where i was openly demi and like my friends and family knew was that when i was open on these dating apps about being demi i was then automatically open and like out to this person's friends You know, this might Mm -hmm. not have been what happened with, like, anyone I was dating, but with this person in particular, you know, they were, like, talking to their friends about, like, hey, I met this girl on this, on, like, Tinder, we went out, she's Demi. So when I went to meet his friends for the first time, 
one of the first things that they talked to me about was like, oh, you're Demi. Like, what is that? Um, which is maybe I should have expected it since I had put my sexuality out there openly. Um, Mm -hmm. but it hadn't, it wasn't something I had like thought about that consequence of. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the weird thing about identifying with any ID that's not heterosexual or homosexual. I mean, it's just, it's more invisible. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like if people, like if you're out and people find out about it, like they may have questions Mm-hmm. Like, they may, like, want to talk about it. Like, if you're bi or if you're pan or, you know. And so, like, you may be dating people that do not have the same identity as you. Mm-hmm. And so there may be a bunch of questions that come up. And it's, like, even if you're out and even if you're comfortable being out, you may not necessarily be super comfortable just, like, jumping into those questions. But it, it might happen anyway. And that's not just true of A-spec, but, you know, if you're you're pan or you're bi or whatever. Yeah, and I think especially with being Demi, like like I talked about with a lot of people who don't know what it is, like when I tell them, there's automatically some responses that like aren't great and I have to kind of defend myself. Because when someone tells yeah. you like, oh, that's just what good people do, what they're basically telling you is your sexuality isn't real, whether they yeah. mean to say that or not. And so... And it, they're also making a judgment call about other people's sexual right, choices. Right, So it's just a lot wrapped into one, like we already said. But... So it was the first time I really had to face, like, talking to people who I didn't know, like, at all about something very personal and something that they could easily turn around and, like, be rude about. You know, like, coming Mm -hmm. out is anything A-spec does really run the risk of just people being very obnoxious or, like, having to do the full TED Talk. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that was an interesting note there. And I can imagine, I feel like I've heard of people who are bi like dating people and being like please don't tell people i'm bi like i don't need to be Mm -hmm. having that conversation whether they're dating a woman or a man um and whatever their gender is um i mean i've known people who are bi who were in a same-sex relationship and the person they were in a relationship with like didn't like the fact that they were bi yeah like it's not just limited to you know straight people being homophobic or aphobic or whatever like there's still issues as many aspect people know within queer communities. Yeah. And I mean, it had never crossed my mind to be like, don't tell your friends I'm Demi because I hadn't even thought about it as something that would come up. Um, right. So I do think that's interesting, especially with sexualities that are like kind of more invisible than mm-hmm. like demisexuality or like asexuality. They just, you know, they're harder to like see from the outside, I think. Um, On the outside, always mm-hmm. looking in Well, I continue. So that was just an interesting point. That's another. Just, that's just another thing that I noticed. And just a little musical break. Some musical stylings from Dear Evan Hansen for you. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, where are we? Let me look at my notes. I personally am in Los Angeles. You're in um, Connecticut. Yes. Do you know what city? New Haven. Oh, sweet. Good job. Do you think I just don't know where you live? I don't know. I mean, it's not like some famous city like L.A. I don't know. I know, but I can tell by looking on Find My Friends whether you're home or at work. That's fair. They're pretty close together. So, <laughs> um, that's, how I, that's how I knew to text you today, being like, hey, I'm ready whenever you are, because I saw that home. you were at home. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's see. So that relationship ended at whatever point. Uh, and then... A while later, I started the relationship I'm currently in. Um, I think not that was via Tinder, not via Tinder, via real life. Ooh. Via real life. As I was actually just about to say, it was different because it was someone I was already friends with, and it was someone I had known yeah. for like two years. Yeah, um, someone you had known for a while, and your friends knew also. At yes. least a, a good chunk of your friends already knew. Yeah, this like he was within our friend circle. So obviously very different than dating someone online that you have, like, no idea who they are. I will say kind of in our friend circle, not in that, like, he was in our, like, super immediate close friend circle, but was, like, in a broader, like, we knew him from Quidditch. So we all knew him. We had all talked to him, interacted with him. But it wasn't like you're, like, dating with him, like, a super close friend circle, because that can be a whole other thing. Yeah, it wasn't that. I didn't do that to him. Um, didn't do that too. But so that was interesting because I think 
just like as a person, I was much more comfortable with him because I already knew him. He wasn't a perfect stranger, um, mm-hmm. which just like kind of eased my anxiety around a lot of things. Um, what about an imperfect stranger? N- no. Um, no. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that was weird was I didn't know if he knew I was Demi from the beginning. It's not like I had my dating profile that said Demi right on it. We didn't, like Sarah said, he wasn't in our, like, immediate friend group. I didn't know if he even know, knew about the podcast. Like, I didn't know if he knew any of this stuff. And it was weird to bring up, to be like, oh, um, you might know this. And this might be totally obvious. And a weird thing for me to say because you already know. But, like, I'm Demi. Do you know that? Just, I don't even Just think, checking. <laughs> just checking. Yeah. I don't think we actually ever had that conversation. I think maybe he, like, brought up the podcast at some point, or I did, and he knew what it was. And I was like, oh, okay, then he must know. Um, yeah usually usually i assume if someone is familiar with my podcast i assume they know my sexuality right yeah so i think that's kind of what happened so yeah i think that was an interesting i think just different thing that had never happened to me before i think the other different thing was i had never well i guess in high school i dated someone i was like friends with within my friend circle but it had been a while since I dated someone that, like, other people in my life knew and, like, mm-hmm. other people would be talking about my relationship because it was, you know, the town gossip or whatever. Um, hot tea. Hot, it was hot tea. Tea so that, scalding. Yes. So that was also something kind of similar to, like, my previous relationship him telling his friends i was demi this was another thing where like if people were going to be talking about my relationship the fact that i was demi was probably going to come up and it did and it so it also took me getting used to being like okay people are going to be talking about me and my sexuality when i'm not there to like monitor Mm -hmm. that conversation which Mm -hmm. i had never and obviously again it's something i should have thought of i have a podcast about it anytime someone talks about this podcast they're probably going to bring that up but well, the, but the people who listen to this podcast who would talk about it would also, like, be very educated, you know? So I never yes. really had to, like, deal with people who maybe weren't as educated talking about it without me there to correct them, without me there to, like, understand what they were saying, to know what people thought about me or my sexuality. So that was mm-hmm. a hard time or for you for to me. have at least some sort of proxy there. So, like, someone who understands well yeah. enough that they can clarify things or, you know. Yeah, there was no one there to, like, stand up for me or just, like, the ASPEC community in general. So that was something else mm-hmm. that was tough. So that's the end of me doing my story. Lit. But I have more to say. Um, I'm excited. I would say, I mean, this didn't come up in those kind of things. This is just something that kind of like internally I think about a lot and I think we've brought it up. So just kind of thinking about my place in the community, especially like I said, when it feels like my sexuality kind of wavers in like relevancy depending on like what my relationship status is. um, It's something that's tough because I feel like as a demi person who's also straight, I'm not fully in the ace community at least that's how i feel i don't want to say obviously that demi people aren't part of the ace community they obviously are but just kind of as i experience my own sexuality it feels like i kind of have one foot in the like ace community one foot in like the straight world and then like a toe in the queer community because sometimes people accept ace people into the queer community, but sometimes they don't, but also I'm Mm -hmm. straight. And so it's like, well, would I even be there? Would I even belong there anyway? So Mm -hmm. it's kind of this weird thing where I feel like I don't completely belong in the straight world because all of these straight people are talking about like hooking up and doing whatever. And I don't identify with that, but then you go into the ace community and it's also completely different. Um, I would say I also, like, don't know that many people in real life who are Demi and, like, don't interact with a lot of Demi people online either because I think a lot of the people, at least who we, like, talk to or who, like, I don't know, Demi sexually doesn't come up as much, at least, like, within our community, I think. Mm -hmm. And so it's just hard for me to, like, really process those feelings. And I also think, like, from what I've seen of other people that do talk about demisexuality, um, a lot of times it seems like it affects other people's lives more. Like, for me, it never took that long in any relationship. It never took 
like a crazy amount of time for me to get from the stage of like not sexually attracted to sexually attracted. Like it never caused an issue in any relationship. Like I was very lucky there. Whereas Mm -hmm. other people I know, it takes a lot longer. It's something that they have to carry more, that they have to think about more, that affects their lives or their love lives, their dating lives a lot more. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like, well, are they more demi than me because it affects their lives more than it affects mine? And so if they're more... The answer is no. Well, yeah, but you can... Obviously, it's it's no. But but I can understand that thinking that way yeah yeah and so if i'm thinking that way then like if i'm not as demi then i'm even less in the ace community which means i'm even less in the queer community but i don't feel like i quite belong in the straight world either um Mm -hmm. which is just very odd especially like moving away from college when we were in college i had like a very set group of like a queer set of friends who were very inclusive to asexuality and i felt like i belonged there But you go Mm -hmm. into the broader world and then you're like, oh, these people might not be as chill with me, like, considering, like, they might not be okay that I kind of consider myself part of the queer community. They might think I'm, like, one of those straight people that's like, oh, me too. I'm, yes, I have gay friends. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, you know. I wish I were queer. Yeah. Like, I'm very afraid of being that person. But it's also hard because I am not completely in the straight world. So... I think, like, as I continue to, like, understand my sexuality and come around, like, just continue to grow in that area, that's the thing that I still deal with the most. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see, like, where where that kind of questioning of your place comes from. And I think it's a – it's a – common thing for anyone in the queer community, but especially in – like under the ace umbrella to to have those those questions and those thoughts about where you fit in the community and i think there's definitely a very specific feeling for demi people especially people who are um heteroromantic and demi so like demi straight mm. um but i do think for any of our listeners like knowing that like that is a much more common fear than you might think yeah um and it's something that a lot of people in the community really understand um, could be helpful to, you know, dealing with your own struggles and your own questioning situation. Yeah. And like, I wish that this could be one of the things where I was like, oh, this, if you feel this way, this is what you can do. But unfortunately, it's something that I'm still struggling with as well. So I don't really have any advice if anyone mm-hmm. listening is demi and like has found something that has helped them in this situation i would love to hear it um but yeah i don't know it's just very odd yeah i mean the tldrs that even us more than 100 episodes into a podcast about the ace umbrella still struggle with stuff yeah and but i i don't want our listeners to view that as like disheartening like no i think it's it's something that you have that you just have to deal with there's a lot of things you have to deal with in your life that you don't expect to and there's stuff that kind of continues to define yourself and your identity and you just gotta gotta keep dealing with it and you are who you are and Yeah, I mean, you're not going to figure it out all in one day. And if you think about it, I've only, like, been identifying this way, what, for, like, two years, three years? Which, like, in the grand scheme of a whole lifetime, like, isn't that long. So, I guess guess my one piece of advice to anyone would be, like, if you're upset or frustrated that you're still, like, having struggles, even if it's been a few years, that that's, I mean, it's completely normal. If you think about, if you're going to live, like, a hundred years... Like, it's going to take some time to figure yourself out, you know? Your identity is a toddler. Yeah, I mean, terrible change. And think about toddlers. What can they do? Pretty much nothing. Almost nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, jot that down. Yeah, think about that one. <laughs> um. Yeah, even if you don't live to be 100, if you live to be 75, two years is still a lot of that. Yeah. Or like a little of a small, I meant yep. to say a small amount. I yep. said it backwards. <laughs> you, y'all know what I meant. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I hope all of that made sense. I know. I don't know. Putting it in the perspective of what I've been through is just kind of what was easiest for me, especially since 
like I said, I don't like have a lot of experience with other demi people. So mm-hmm. hopefully, but I mean, everyone does experience it differently. Yes, um, obviously. Which which you did also say. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> just a reminder. <laughs> yeah, just a reminder. Obviously, not everyone's experience is like mine, but. I hope that just hearing about someone's journey, like if you aren't Demi, if you think you might be, that this can maybe help you if you relate to some of these things, um, Mm -hmm. that maybe it'll help you understand kind of what's going on. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Do you have anything else you'd like to add on the topic of demisexuality? (sighs) I don't know. It's a good time. It's a good time. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Like, I don't want to end on a negative note of me being like, I mean, it's, it's, oh, hello. (laughs) Yeah, um, that's one of the, one of the louder That's a, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I live very close to the fire station. What can I say? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't want to leave it on a negative note of being, like, me being frustrated with my sexuality, even though it's completely fine and normal to be frustrated with your sexuality but i don't know like i'm i'm happy with my sexuality it has given me a very nice community and it like it does come with like a lot of things that i really enjoy that make my life very good so mm-hmm. yeah lit uh what's our poll for this week uh who's to say demi god slash goddess Yes. <laughs> Let's just hold. I have a. I have a one. Okay. Ugh, Kevin and Tessa are fighting in the DMs. Oh no! Not the DMs. The open replies. The mentions. Yes. Oh, I forgot. Well, I wanted to do like just are you Demi to like get a poll of like what our listeners are, but then if people who don't listen answer it, then it'll skew my data. It will skew your data. Uh, no Avon's gonna be all up in here retweeting this shit. We love you, Avon. <laughs> I love you. Um, maybe we'll do an open poll. Just like, as a demisexual person, do you like struggle with your place within the community? Mm-hmm. And for those people who aren't demi, give some motivational words to your demi friends. Mm-hmm. Tell them you love them. Tell them you tolerate them. Oh, okay. Tell them you think they're pretty cool. Wow, this is good. <laughs> the 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 three genders. Love, oh tolerate, God. pretty cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, you can find that. Nope. Next is juice and beef. <laughs> um, well, Kayla, what's your juice and your beef this week? Oh, Jeebus. Um, my beef is that like 90% of my company, like whole a whole one side of the company, which makes up the most of the company, is like on vacation this week because they work very hard um, and mm. they deserve a vacation. But we don't. My my team, my side of the company. So in the entire office, there's only like seven of us. And so it's very like empty and weird vibes. It feels like it's just very unproductive. It feels, even though my boss is still there, it feels like, ooh, the parents are gone. I can run amok. And so I'm really getting nothing done at work, which is good. Vibe check is question mark. Vibe check, <laughs> literally, though. Um, also, my beef is coronavirus because mm. it's very upsetting. I don't think it's really hitting America that bad, but I have some friends from work who are from China and whose parents are there and the situation Mm -hmm. over there is really just messy people are being quarantined like people aren't allowed to leave their towns the lines at hospitals are insanely long like you can't buy one of those face masks because they're like Mm -hmm. out of stock it costs so much money to get them so that's just sad um, that it's like really becoming an epidemic and there's like travel advisories between anywhere in China, it's a whole thing. So that just sucks. Yeah, well, people people in the, what is it, the Wuhan region, like, can't leave. Yeah, so I have a friend who's it. from the area that it originated in. Oh, really? Um, and it's hard because her parents are reporters, and so oh. they have to go out and work and report on it. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, I mean, that whole town, like, you can't leave or go into you the can't town. Leave. It's, a, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, my, what's your juice? My juice. Yeah, after that fun time. My juice <laughs> is, um, just looking around. Oh, I, I have some incense I've been using recently. Smells real good. Smells like sandalwood. Mm. That's been vibe check passed. Vibe um, check passed. My significant other is visiting starting today. Mm. That's starting exciting. today? Tonight. Yeah, he's not in yet. Wow. No, he's right. He's been listening this whole time. <laughs> We've been talking about him. <laughs> uh, no, he's coming in at like 10. Um, I haven't seen him in two months, so that's exciting. Sarah, you can cut this out. This isn't related. But I saw you like a tweet about long distance relationships the other day, and I was like, this bitch has no right. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It was funny, but I was also like, what do you know? <laughs> I know nothing. I'm leaving that in. Um, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) my beef is whatever cursed malady overcame me today. I was telling Mm. Kayla before we were recording. Before any of you were here. Before any of you were here. Um, this morning I woke up. I finally dragged myself out of my bed. I got a video of it. She didn't really drag herself out of bed. She rolled from the bed to the floor and claimed that that was her getting out of bed. It was. I mean, I was out of my bed. Okay. Um, <laughs> yesterday I was supposed to work out, I had planned to, and then I just didn't. Um, so today I was like, we're doing it today. Uh, and so it, it took way too long, but then I, I, I finally was like, we're doing it. So I went and I got on the, I got on the little exercise bike because I was like, we're half-assing it. Like we're doing it, but we're half-assing it. Um, and so I sat down on you little exercise bike in about a minute, a minute and a half in, I started feeling very sick. Um, my stomach was just hurting really bad. And I was like, wow, this isn't good. Um, I ended up just having to go home. And so I went home and I was like, okay, these shorts are kind of tight. Like it's, it's like a stomach ache. So like if I change clothes to something that's like looser, it will probably feel better. Uh, it didn't. Oh, good. Li- literally nothing would make it feel better. Like, I put, like, some, like, heat warm stuff on it. Didn't help. Laid down. Didn't help. Nothing helped. I felt very ill for several hours. Finally got myself to fall asleep. Once I woke up, was feeling better. Um, still no idea what happened. Oh, I tried to, like, eat some bread to, like, see if it would... Stop, stop didn't up work. those... Just absorb all those bad vibes. Yeah, absorb all the bad vibes. Didn't work. I have no idea what the fuck it was. I feel okay now. I ate some cereal and I'm fine, but like I don't understand. Um, it basically made my whole day a bust. So that's a <laughs> cool. big mood. I had a really big lunch this uh-huh. today because we like went out and had a team lunch, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to vomit and pass out after. Mm. Classic. It was a mess. Beautiful. My juice, okay, my first juice is, get this, a fucking romance novel, okay. Tea? So, have you heard of the book Red, White, and Royal Blue? Never in my days. Okay, I have some internet friends who have read it and really loved it, and um, I was like, it's it's gay, first of all. Well, then... Yes. It's 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 about the first son of the United States and the Prince of Wales. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had heard a lot about it, but I was like, I'm not usually one for like romance novels. I'm not no. necessarily just gonna go out and buy it. But then a friend of mine was writing a fan fiction AU of this and I was like, fuck, this is good. I was, I was being her, like, beta reader. Like, I was I was proofreading it for her. And I was like, fuck, this is good. <laughs> so she, she um, peer pressured me into buying the book. And I read it in less than 24 hours. It's, like, oh 400 pages. Oh, I saw that Instagram post. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. Super gay. Um, warning that there are some sexy times in it that I would oh. say are rated, like, a hard M. Not, not E. Okay. E being explicit, M being mature, if we're going on AO3 ratings. Not E, but a, a hard M. So just beware if you d- if that freaks you out too much. Fair. But you can you can kind of skip it. You really can. Um but wonderful book. 
queer as fuck. We love that. And the author is like this 29-year-old woman who is writing another queer romance now. (laughs) So, (laughs) T. Uh... Other juice is I read another fucking Shit's Creek fic where oh my Stevie God. was aromantic. And it was by an entirely different person. Like, and I cried again. <laughs> you did text me about that. <laughs> I cried again. And they were talking about like love is love, like also applies to arrow people. And like Stop. it applies it applies to platonic love too. And I was like, shit, I never thought about that. I'm Whoa. crying now. Uh, my last juice is also to do with Shit's Creek. Um, the trailer for The Crows Have Eyes 3, The Crowning, which is uh, a movie that one of the characters that Moira is in, in Shit's Creek, they released the trailer. They made a trailer for a fake movie. They made it. They made a trailer for it. And so they, they showed part of the trailer on this week's episode. Um, but they released like a full trailer <laughs> on the internet. Um, and maybe the funniest line in Shit's Creek history, in my opinion, didn't even make it into the episode. But so the movie's called The Crows Have Eyes 3, right? So the narrator, like the dramatic guy, he goes, The crows have eyes. And you better not look them in it. <laughs> oh, that's and funny. every time I laugh so hard. <laughs> Didn't even make it into the episode, but it's maybe one of the best things Dan Levy's ever done. <laughs> that is very good. So that's my beef and my juice. You can tell us about your beef, your juice. For those of you who have read Red, White, and Royal Blue, I got Tell Me. It's such a good book. <laughs> get, in, get in her DMs. Also, it was like, there's like a lot of like political stuff too, because it's about like the first son of the United States. And so it was like political shit in a fiction book. That's my niche. <laughs> it really is. I also it's just my got, niche. And it, I just say I just got a notification on my computer about coronavirus. So it's just following me. Oh, oh boy. Also, that book made me feel very hopeful at the end. So that's good. And given the current political state, we need that. That's so true. Um, anyway, at sounds fake pod on the internet. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash sounds fake pod. Hold on, let me drink some water. Oh, get it. I gotta be hydrated for this. Slurp. Our $5 patrons are Jennifer Smart, Astritha Vinicota, Austin Lay, Drew Finney, Perry Fierro. D, Megan Rowell, Quinn Pollock, Emily Collins, Tim, Book Marvel, Changing MX, Derek and Carissa, Simona Simon, Eric Sago, Jamie, Jack, who Kayla said last week because uh, we oh, realized yeah, we had missed you, it, and I'm, I'm I had sorry. already unplugged my mic, and I was like, I can't. But on, now there's an audio file just called Jamie Jack, because I had to it is like, called record Jamie it Jack. myself. So honestly, you get an extra, because there's an entire audio file on both of our computers now called Jamie Jack. So. Called Jamie Jack. Honestly, um, who's the real guy here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and Drew Yangi, who bumped up from two dollars. Thank you. Yay! Girl. Hi Drew. Uh, um our ten dollar patrons are Kevin and Tessa at Dirty Uncle Kevin and at Tessa underscore M underscore K who are apparently um having a disagreement in our mentions during the recording well, of this so podcast. Tessa was gone for a couple days, which means Kevin <laughs> was binging from the backlog mm-hmm. of our episodes, which sounds like a terrible idea. They're probably bad. But then Tessa got back home, and then Kevin was like, well, now I am done binging. And Tessa was like, well, you make it sound like I don't let you listen. Oh, no. Drama. But Kevin got through 32 episodes. That's so um, many. Which is insane. So good job, Kevin. Well, good job, Kevin. Tessa, I... I believe you. I don't think you ever stop Kevin from listening. I, I think don't you're a either. good person, Tessa. Um, <laughs> Arkness, who would like to promote the Trevor Project. Benjamin Ibarra, who would like to promote Tabletop Games. Anonymous, who would like to promote Halloween. Sarah McCoy, who would like to promote podcasts from a planet weird. Maya Jeannie, who would like to promote Christopher's Haven. Our $15 patrons are Nathaniel J. White, NathanielJWaitDesigns.com. My mom, Julie, who would like to promote Free Mom Hugs. Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere. Dragonfly, who this week is going to promote Lip Balm. Oh. And... <laughs> Dia Chappelle, who was a $2 patron and then was a $5 patron and now was a $15 patron. Thank you, Dia. They might have been $15 last week, but I didn't realize that they rebumped up. Oh, no. Um, it's Kayla's fault. It's my fault. But I did. I messaged you, Dia, tell us what you want to promote. 
Yes. Tell us. Otherwise, or tell us that you don't want to promote anything and you and Dragonfly can just be promoting whatever comes to my mind. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. And until then, take good care of your cows.